Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform. And follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 183rd week of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. This is going to be our only episode this week. We're just doing one condensed episode. Hopefully that's okay with all of our listeners. <laughs> As always, let's start off with some news that we missed. Uh, in the NBA, we've got some coaching hires happening. The Bucks have replaced Bud with Raptors assistant Adrian Griffin, and the 76ers have replaced Doc with Nick Nurse, also of the Raptors. Anybody have any thoughts? The Sixers got the main guy and the Bucks got the protege. So I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good about that if I'm the Sixers in comparison. Um, I think both will probably be good hires. but I, Or at least I don't think either of them are catastrophically bad at this point. Mm. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. I thought I saw that the Bucks interviewed Nurse and then they didn't like him or like he was abrasive or something yeah. like that. So that will be interesting to watch. Yeah, and I know Embiid met with Nurse, and apparently that went well, and that's kind of what spurred this all happening. So, interesting. Yeah, I also agree, Lucas. I think it's a good hire. Um, probably the, it's the best one, I would think. Um, but yeah, Bart, the Athletic had an article, or like a headline. I didn't actually read it. That apparently, um, the Nick Nurse and like some of the players in the front office in Toronto had some beef. So that they're like mm. that he's potentially hard to work with. So yeah, that'll that yeah. will be interesting. Yeah. Was it just Kwai? <laughs> anyway, in some uh significantly sadder NBA news, it sounds like Lonzo Ball may never play again. That's what the Bulls are saying, that's what reports are saying, because his injury is so bad. Uh so that's kind of crazy. Yeah. What happened what happened to him? Uh you know what? I'm not even sure. Lucas, do you know? Uh, it's something. It's something knee related. That, like, there's no like cartilage left in his knee or something like that. What? Yeah, he was set to undergo a third surgery on his left knee, and I guess, yeah, he needs a cartilage transplant. It's tough because wow. he was, he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Maybe it won't end that way. Uh, and then lastly, in NBA news, uh, Warriors GM Bob Myers resigned. He just he wasn't fired. He just said, it's time for me to hang it up. So is it because the Warriors are in a kind of a tough uh, roster position right now? Maybe. <laughs> I feel like he like sees the writing on the wall a little bit that it's yeah. like this era is winding down and he's going he's gonna to go out while he's on top. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Would have been nice last year, but yeah. Um, in NFL news, DeAndre Hopkins was released by the Cardinals, just straight up released. Yeah, he's still free agent right now, so that'll be interesting to see where he gets signed. Um, in Premier League news, Lutton Town was promoted and Leicester City was relegated. So two Cinderella stories with different endings. Lucas, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I added this. So Luton Town was in the, the fifth division 10 years ago, and then it has won like, a ton of back-to-back promotions. The first team to ever go from... like. Fifth, the fifth division is considered like non-league because it's semi-professional all the way to the premier league which is kind of cool oh wow yeah that's um, crazy unless Le- and leicester city won at the longest odds ever mm-hmm. in 2015-16 the very very iconic sports story they were 3500 to one to win 
and it's just kind of fallen apart for them in like the last year or two um they got relegated only the second ever since the premier league started in 92 or 93 they're only the second winner to ever get relegated which is kind of crazy yeah that's crazy shout out to relegation systems (laughs) yes another we could have a whole segment about that um and then lastly is this Joseph Newgarden? Am I saying that right? Joseph yes, Newgarden took victory at the Indy 500. So, Jared, <laughs> is goat talk premature? <laughs> yes, very premature. Uh, no, I don't. I don't actually know that much about uh, Newgarden, but I was at the Indy 500 live, and it was very fun. I saw. The, I got to see like with my own eyes the the pass for the win. So that was very cool. Oh, that yeah. is pretty cool. That is fun. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive in now. Starting off, we were going to talk about the Celtics Heat. Y'all did this last week, and we're going to do it some more <laughs> because uh, the the Heat almost blew a three zero lead. Uh, it went to Game Seven, but they came out with the win, so they're on to the finals. So, Lucas, how much confidence do you have in the Heat right now after they had that lead and almost blew it? I would say I have fairly low confidence in them at this point. They haven't done a lot to me to indicate that they're going to put up much of a fight against the Denver Nuggets, who I think should and will be the odds-on favorites to win that series, especially with how well Jokic is playing. I don't think they have anybody that can stop Jokic. I think in Game 7 especially, you saw Bam, who also was at center for the Heat, played pretty poorly. And I don't think it's a great sign for the Heat going forward that I don't think Jimmy Butler really played well for most of the last three or four games of the series. He was better in Game 7, but if you look at his games, Games 1 through 6, he was shooting at a lower percentage and a lower three-point percentage than James Harden did in his series against the Celtics, which... You know, we want to talk about narratives, but Harden got really dragged for how he played against the Celtics. But Jimmy Butler actually was shooting a lower true shooting percentage, shooting percentage, and uh, three-point percentage than Harden was um, in that series in the playoffs. So, yes, Jimmy Butler turned around. He, he contributes more defensively than Harden did, but he struggled a little bit, especially in games four through six when they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, they were basically... Caleb Martin was like borderline their best player in the last few games of the series. And I just don't think that as good as Caleb Martin has turned himself into a player after coming over from the Hornets, I don't think a team that is Caleb Martin driven is anywhere close to being able to compete with the Nuggets. I think that Jokic has just played so out of his mind in these playoffs um, that you need something spectacular to beat the Nuggets in the finals, and I just don't think the Heat have that. If they had swept the Celtics, I'd say it's a different story. Um, They would have the confidence, they'd have the momentum going into it, but I think the fact that they really let up those games four through six, losing all of them, they're they're at a definite talent disadvantage um, compared to the Nuggets. I just think it's, I don't know. I don't have a ton of confidence when looking at all that, that the Heat are going to be able to do anything. The only thing that yeah, the only thing that does give me a little bit of confidence is that they blew out the Celtics in Game Seven, um, which yeah, I, I I get that I get like um, it would have looked better if it was a sweep, but the fact that they blew out the Celtics does give me like a little bit of hope that we can get a good series out of it, because a lot of people were saying like Game Seven, it's super hard to see the Heat uh, the Heat winning pulling this one out at this point, and then it's come out on the road to and blow out the Celtics. It's it's pretty it's very confusing. The Celtics also though were a super perplexing team, so maybe mm-hmm. that's what this is really indicative of rather than the Heat, but I don't know. So is it is it four teams now that have been up 3-0, blew the next 3 and then won game 7? Yeah, <laughs> it's so. funny it's how happened. that always happens. <laughs> uh-huh. Um 
I, I was going to say the on the topic of it, like looking better if they had won in the sweep, I, I think it's it's more interesting now that they, they're going to be really, really tired, right? Like they, they have two days yeah. of rest, where the, whereas the Nuggets have over a week. And they're going to, to Denver. So the altitude mm-hmm. change is also something that is like, I, maybe someone has quantified it. But it, they're going to yeah. be exhausted, and Denver is going to be super well-rested. If they don't get completely smacked in game one, I will be shocked, I think. Mm-hmm. No, I, because it's, I yeah, totally agree. Like, the, the Nuggets couldn't have asked for more. I saw an article. I didn't actually read it, but there was like, is it possible to have too much rest? I feel, like it's not. <laughs> I feel like that's not true. I feel like there's always that argument made in like the NFL and stuff like that. Like you shouldn't rest your starters if you've like clinched whatever position you're mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. last week. Um, and maybe I get it for injury reasons, but for pure like you get rusty. Like I just think that the argument is never ever really a good one to make. So I think they're fine. The fact that they're well rested obviously plays in their advantage. Um, and so yeah, I just think all the sort of factors that could possibly come together to conspire against the heat kind of are at this point. And yeah, <laughs> I think that the nuggets are, are in very good position to win the title and to give Jokic his first title. Yes. Yeah, Jerry's <laughs> going to be on <laughs> apology duty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happens. Yes. Definitely. I already owe him an apology, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll be yeah. happy for either star to win Jokic or Jimmy Butler. It'll be deserved. Yeah. Same. Them. Yeah. I will too. I think both of them have shown that they are players deserving of a title at this point. Yeah. Jokic has barely, like, really not <laughs> had a bad game this whole entire playoff. His worst game probably was, like, maybe game one <laughs> against Minnesota. Ew, go bear. But even then, that was, a, that was a double-double, though, 13 and 14. But, yeah. Is he, yeah, he doesn't, like, actually have bad games. I saw he's like minus 125 odds to average a triple double, which is so funny. Like, That's insane just, to me. These playoffs for him have been spectacular. But he's probably been the like, best player, and Butler has probably been the second best player overall. Yeah. I mean, maybe after the yeah. last series, Butler is not quite, but like it's pretty, it should be a pretty good series. I was reading yeah, that, like, oh, sorry, Lucas, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was just going to say that, um, like, I, I was reading one thing, I think it was on The Athletic. They were talking about, like, maybe the, the Heat should just let. Jokic eat and try to block everybody else off because like maybe if Jokic is going off for 40 but he's not getting the assists he's only getting like five assists per game or something like that that might be Uh the only way to actually beat the Nuggets because if Jokic is distributing and everybody is hitting their shots like they were in the Lakers series you can't Uh beat the Nuggets it's just not it's not gonna happen so I think I thought that's an interesting strategy that Spolstra might try to employ and they really haven't been challenged at all, the Nuggets, throughout these entire playoffs. It was 4-1 versus the Wolves, then 4-2 versus the Suns, which I think they could have won that series more easily if they wanted to as well. Mm-hmm. And then they swept the Lakers. Like I, It's been very smooth sailing, and I don't really see that changing at this point. Though it is an interesting strategy proposed for, but I just think at that point then, yeah. if you let Jokic cheat, it's like, he's just going to beat you that way. Like I, I think it's just like trading one kind of losing strategy for another pick your poison the other thing too is like jamal murray has been like absolutely mm-hmm. crazy this playoffs too he's probably been the third maybe the third best player in the playoffs i don't know like he in um i was looking at this when we were looking at the Harden stats he's in the top 20 like current like of active players he's in the top 20 of nba point or of, excuse me of points per game in the playoffs i think he's That's 16th nuts. Like, which is insane. And he's, he just sometimes, he has stretches where he literally just takes over the game. Like, we saw, me and Lucas, we were watching one. And Bart, you were probably there too. 
we were, or it might have been me and Bart only actually. But anyway, one of us two, when we were at uh, Aiden's wedding, we were watching. We were watching the game, and Jamal Murray was just going off, like not not missing a shot. Oh yeah, yeah. He has yeah. long stretches like that where you can just do it. It's pretty crazy. What was the stat? I think I I saw a stat that he's got like four twenty point fourth quarters in his playoff career or something like that. And the next that's most insane. by any player is AI with two. I think that's what wow. it was. So like he he really steps his game up in the playoffs, and he really really steps it up in playoff fourth quarters, which is so interesting. Yeah, in the, in the Lakers series, he had 31, 37, 37, 25. So good luck. Like, good luck if that's the second best player. Like, good luck trying to stop both of them. I don't It's Yeah, it is a tough task <laughs> for sure. But, like, I don't want to undersell the Heat, though, you know, because, like, they beat the one seed, the two seed, and the five seed. Like, they're not. Like, they're a really good yeah. team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one seed didn't have uh, Giannis. Like, Giannis was either not playing or hindered for yeah. the entire series. So that's, that's kind of tough. Um, same with Embiid. Or uh, not Embiid. Um, just kidding. They didn't have anything there. But <laughs> um, well, Tatum did get kind of hurt in that game seven. Yeah, Tatum got hurt in game seven, like right at the start of the game. But Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I know that the Nuggets are definitely uh, heavy, heavy betting favorites right now. So. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Joe Missoula again. Should we, or if we're going to get, if you want to get into that, I think like Wyatt kind of put him under fire, but I think he's totally fine. He had no real offseason yeah. program. Like, I, he was given the interim position September 22nd, and the season began literally less than a month later. So, like, not only like not having an actual offseason program, but not even really being prepared necessarily that, like, oh, you're going to be the head coach mm-hmm. now, or having that yeah. less time to prepare, I think is quite impressive. And even then, like, coming back coming back, like, rallying that team to win three more games in a row after being beat three games in a row is also an achievement, I think. And down to, like, at least some sort of adjustments that he did. Not that I'm, like, right. a good enough basketball mind to, like, really get into that, but there ha- it had to be some sort of adjustments he made, right? Yeah, no, I think I think Missoula's fine. I Like, I don't think that he is the main issue with that team. And I am curious to see where they're going to go from here if they decide to move Jalen Brown if they decide to really mix things up because they have sort of hit a point of stagnation, I feel like, mm-hmm. with this team. But they're also, I don't know, I've read some stuff about it that they're a really good team. If things fall into place nicely, they can make the finals every year as is. So do you really take a risk of, like, moving on from one of your best players and Jalen Brown or really trying to mix things up by firing Missoula when, on your day, you're talented enough, well-coached enough to make a final? I mean, they, they pushed it to Game 7 of the conference championship. That's nothing to, to sneeze at. I just wish like neither Brown nor Tatum are always consistent and it bothers yeah, me. I think I would sooner ship Brown though. The, how many turnovers did he have in game seven? A lot. It's terrible. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, <sighs> I saw a tweet today though that said, and I, I don't know if they were intentionally trying to make this comparison or not. But they're like, this is the end of Brown and Tatum's age 26 and 24 season, getting blown out in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. In 1990, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan were at the end of their age 26 and 24 season, having never won a title and getting blown out in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. (laughs) And it seems like a bit of a dramatic comparison to make, but I I think there is, in some senses, the truth of it's still really early. They're both still really young. 
and mm-hmm. you never know how things are going to go, what how changing the team around them, the coach, etc., could help them win the title. Yeah, that's yeah. I feel like they're both worse than MJ and Pippen. Yes, <laughs> yes, but <it's>, but. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting, though. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well. With that, we can move on. We are going to shift gears to college football. I don't think we haven't talked about college football in a, in a hot minute. Mm-hmm. But we're here. It's got a little bit of a fun filler segment. We're going to talk about if you could ask a college football coach any question and they were guaranteed to give you an honest answer, what would you ask them? And who would you ask, obviously? So, Jared, let's start with you. Of course, I'm going to ask Marcus Freeman, coach of our beloved Notre Dame Fighting Irish. My question it's it's kind of multiple questions, but pre- but the the press does this all the time in their press conferences. They ask like six questions, so I'm just gonna do it. It's I think it's one complete sentence, like grammatically correct and everything. <laughs> so technically one question. In what ways has this is what I would ask him? In what ways has Notre Dame proven to you that they are committed to winning a national championship? And in what ways have they shown they are not serious about winning a national championship? And this question would just give us more insight into what it's like to be the head coach in Notre Dame and show if the oft mentioned there's always within our fan base, the very often mentioned that it's harder to win at Notre Dame because of our academic standards or our administration is not willing to go all in on NIL, whatever I want. I want to know like what, what is the truth about all this stuff, all that stuff? Do you have trouble like recruiting? Same thing. This would also probably review like what happened in the offensive coordinator search. I really want to know what happened there personally. Like what yeah. why didn't we get the Utah why didn't we get the Utah offensive coordinator? Um are you happy like you it would it would also kind of answer like are you happy with your current offensive coordinator like promoting our tight ends coach and everything? Um I think it would just would be like this Marcus Freeman, is he like, dang, I'm never going to win here. This is like a resume booster and this is a transition job, just like it kind of was for Brian Kelly. Or is it like, no, we do have the resources. Maybe it is like a little unique, but we can definitely get it done. And you won't get, and the like ideas, you won't get the coach speak answer like, oh, of course, yeah, of course, this administration is behind me and everything. I would, <laughs> right. It would be really interesting to actually hear what he thinks, especially with this being his first head coaching gig too. It'd be because it, he wouldn't have anything to compare against, like Brian Kelly did, for example. It'd mm-hmm. be really interesting to see what his answer was. Hmm. Basically, just Marcus spill spill the tea. Yeah, like, spill it. Yeah, yeah. I would really enjoy hearing that. Lucas, I heard you also wanted to ask Mark and Fr- Marcus Freeman a question. Why don't you go for it? Yeah, mine is mine is a bit of a I think a follow up. Jared asks his question, we get the honest <laughs> answer, and then I swoop in with mine, and I would just say all that considered cards on the table do you think you will ever be able to win a national title as the head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish because I think that for all the reasons Jared mentioned like are they really committed with the offensive coordinator with NIL with everything as it stands will Notre Dame ever be in the position to win a national title again in his time because the pessimistic fan side of me feels like the answer is no when i watch notre dame it just feels like sometimes they're playing a different sport than alabama and georgia there's just the schemes aren't as good the speed the athleticism just it isn't there and i wonder if freeman truly believes if like he can build a program where they can succeed at the level of alabama and georgia and maybe he like 
obviously he projects the confidence that he can, but I wonder deep down, kind of what you alluded to, Jared, um, and talked about is whether he actually believes he can ever win a title there. Would you actually... How would you... Like, if he said no, if his honest answer is no, like, does that... Would that inspire you to watch less Notre Dame football, for example? Or, like, would that kind of be a buzzkill That's a great question. Or? That is a great question. I don't know. Maybe it would make me, like, less stressed about it. Like, I'd still watch it, but I'd be less stressed about it. Mm. That's what I think my answer is, too. <laughs> I'd still watch it. It'd be fun. But, yeah, I'd be like, okay. We lost to Clemson. Who cares? You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> part of me, deep down, would not keep watching unless I really did believe there was a chance. But most of me thinks that there is actually no chance. I don't believe there's no chance. But... I think it is hard. I don't know. It does seem like it is harder, but I would like to I would like to hear it from the coach. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um I'm I'm last and I'm asking Deion Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking him how do you sleep at night? <laughs> really? <laughs> no, my ser- my serious question. <laughs> that's like kind of my question. My serious question is what what is your plan? Uh, for if slash when this super heavy overhaul strategy backfires. Uh, and it's going to become clear from the way I phrase this that I am not optimistic about Colorado. <laughs> this year. Yeah. So like, what did he, okay, so I was looking at the numbers. 50 to 60 players have left. 70 at least have entered the transfer portal since he got there. And they're down to 12 scholarship players. They lost a bunch of scholarship players specifically. It's nuts. It's literally never been seen in college football before. And then the hype mm-hmm. is crazy, and he feeds into it. He feeds into it directly. I saw <laughs> – this was like <laughs> a few weeks ago. There was a tweet about this. But on BetMGM, Colorado oh. was the sixth most common team that was bet on to win the championship this year. <laughs> what? <laughs> Isn't that insanity? That's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. And the, the funny thing is that BetMGM gives them an over-under for wins this year at three and a half. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, crazy. It's just like Dion like projects this like super confident like yeah you know like get out of here if, you know if you're not willing to put in the work and like we're gonna be dominant but like you're probably gonna be trash. And so yeah. I literally would just want to ask him like if this goes south and if your entire strategy that we've never seen in college football before backfires like are you gonna throw your players under the bus or are you gonna take the blame? Are you, like are you gonna commit to doing the transfer portal again next year? Or are you gonna try something else? Like are you gonna apologize to all the guys that you like indirectly but kind of directly pushed out? You know, that sort of thing. I'd be curious to hear what he, like, does he actually think this will work? Kind of like what you were saying with Marcus Freeman? Or is he already mentally preparing for the Colorado to be terrible yet again? It'll be interesting. Yeah. I, I'm just, like, very dubious as to whether it's going to work or not. Like, I just, I need to see one year of it happening to see whether it's going to work or not, too. But Yeah. Um, I mean, he might get fired, though. I'm kidding. He won't. No. There's no way. Just a quick honorable mention. I would I would ask Lincoln Riley. I'd be like, why haven't you been able to figure out defense? Like, what? How come you're you're really, obviously a very good coach, but like, why why do you think like you haven't you haven't won a playoff game? Yet? I would love to ask him that. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious what his actual answer like. What, yeah. what could you even say to that? <laughs> he could say I'm an like offensive minded guy, and I don't understand defense. <laughs> I mean, maybe he could say like Oklahoma just is also like one of those programs that just like can't do it or something. That's why I went to USC. I don't know. Mm. Might say something like that or yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lucas, do you have any honorable mentions before we go on? Nah, no. Oh, okay. I went all in on the Marcus Freeman one. Love it. 
All right. So next I would, up, I, okay, another one. Sorry, another honorable <laughs> mention. I would ask Dan Lanning, the Oregon coach, are you going to leave in two years? And just see what he says. Because the Oregon coach, he definitely will. He's definitely not staying like longer than four years. <laughs> he's going to some SEC job after. Because every, like, every Oregon head coach, I think, since uh, Chip Kelly has lasted like three years, they, they've taken like another job. Oh. Except for like Mark Helfrick, I think, was the only one they did. But like they all like were like yeah I'm I'm a, I'm a duck and everything I love it here and then as soon as like a job in the Big Ten or like SEC opens up they just go bull for it. So Oregon's kind of seen as like the ultimate like <laughs> bridge job, where it's like you'll get really good recruits, make yourself look good, and then go coach your alma mater, the coach the place that you actually want to coach at, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that nobody actually wants to stay there. <laughs> I'd have to go back again to the, like the the numbers, but I'm I'm pretty sure like every coach since Chip Kelly. Has lasted like maximum four seasons, but I have to look back. And then they took a better job, okay. but or yeah, different, yeah. better job, quote unquote. How many? He's been there for one year. One year, yeah. One year, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, now we'll move on to our next segment, our weekly state of. We got the Pats this week. I'm up, uh, and the question is: Will the Pats get back to their winning ways this season? Um, and honestly, my honest answer is that they probably won't, uh, in the sense, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, they might bump their eight and nine record to a winning record, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, last year they had an elite defense, but a very bad offense. Um, and you know, like people will talk about the, they got rid of their coordinator. Their offense was bound to fail last year, regardless, but ultimately I don't think they did enough, uh, this off season. Cause like they, they swapped Jacoby Myers with Juju. They got Mike Gesicki at tight end, um, but they lost Isaiah Wynn, a tackle, and then they lost Evan McCourty on, on defense because he retired. Um, but they did also get Bill O'Brien as their new head coach, and people are really optimistic about that. I guess we'll see. And as we mentioned earlier, Hopkins is a free agent right now, and the Patriots are a team that he's been rumored to a lot, but they don't have that much money, so we'll see. But it would be great for Mac Jones to get his quote-unquote number one guy. It would be nice. It would make sense. I just don't know that they have the finances to do it. Um, their draft was fine. People really loved the Christian Gonzalez pick. Cornerback was probably their biggest need, and they got a, arguably the best cornerback at 17. That was good. They also got two more cornerbacks later. They didn't address their other needs super well, though. They got a couple of receivers, but they were really light in the draft. They didn't get an offensive tackle, but they did get a lot of interior linemen. They didn't get a tight end, although they did get Gesicki in free agency. Um, Anyway, I think ultimately a lot of like this is football and it's a quarterback driven sport. So basically the question is, how do you feel about Mac Jones? And so like on the topic of how they were last year, like people thought that he was basically like you, you can't even grade him for last year. Basically, is how people feel about it. Like it it didn't matter. We need to give him another year. He's only been here for two years. His rookie year, he looked pretty good, but I am personally not super high on him. I think he, his ceiling, I don't think is that high. And I think even if he's got, you know, Bill O'Brien now, he, he'll have another year under his belt. I don't think he's ever going to be the kind of quarterback who's leading you to Super Bowls. So, you know, with an elite defense, if their offense does take a step forward this year, I think he might look good and, the, and they will have a winning record. But you know what it comes down to for me is just the fact that the AFC is so freaking stacked. Yeah. Even just look at the AFC East, right? Like the Bills are still the Bills. Jets got Rodgers. The Dolphins got better this offseason and they were re- already really good. I think the Pats have like the... It was tied for third strongest opponent schedule this season. 
based on win percentages from last year. So it's going to be tough. And I could name probably like eight or nine teams in the AFC that I think will be better than the Pats as is. So getting into the playoffs for them, I think is going to be really tough. So, yeah, I think they didn't do enough this offseason basically to compete, and Mac Jones is still Mac Jones. I think that's my two cents. Yeah, I think that's my biggest concern with them is I think they're like a decent team with like a moderately high ceiling, but the AFC East especially is just brutal. Like I think even put them in any other division in the AFC, I like their chances a little bit better, but I think they're very clearly the fourth best team in that division because like you said, the Bills are still the Bills. Josh Allen's Josh Allen. They're just going to play excellently. The Jets, I mean, had an electric defense last year and their problem was awful quarterback play and they seem to have at least improved upon that and so i think that that puts them clearing ahead new england because i think they have the better of the two quarterbacks and both have really good defenses and then miami is again maybe a juggernaut on offense we'll see how it looks going forward so i i'm with you bart as well that i think i don't love mac jones either i think his ceiling is pretty low even if his floor is also kind of high like i don't think he's mm-hmm. awful awful I just don't think he's ever going to be the type of quarterback that can win you at a Super Bowl. So I think you're kind of stuck in a little bit of no man's land this season where their division's really good and they're not bad, but they're also not good enough to really take that division probably. I agree. I don't have that much to add other than I do think Mac Jones, yeah, like Mac Jones, like you said, Bart, will be, I think he'll probably be better just because they have Bill, a real offensive coordinator now and not some guy that was literally only on the defensive side of the ball all of a sudden calling plays last year, Patricia, but yeah. um, yeah, that's, it's a, it's a tough schedule. It's a tough conference. I, they're probably, I think it'd be kind of weird if they got Deandre Hopkins because Bill O'Brien traded him away already. Mm-hmm. And like, there might be some tension there. I have no idea. Sure. I feel like that would be kind of weird. Um, but maybe Deandre mm-hmm. Hopkins doesn't care about that, but I, I, I feel like he was salty about it though. Um, at the time, I don't know. I don't know. I had to go to like check receipts or something, but I feel like he was like salty about it. Um, he also had that like set, like mini laundry list of things that he wants on his new team, right? And it wasn't one of them like a great quarterback, <laughs> something like that. Well, so yeah, I, I don't know if he would want. It. <laughs> yeah, Unless it, so funny. We didn't talk. Did you guys talk about that? How it was like a direct shot at Kyler? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think we really did. Ta- I don't think we really did talk about that. No. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Um. Okay, so, yeah, I don't have any buckets for the Pats. I, you know what? I'll book that they won't make the playoffs. I guess it's not. Ooh, okay. It's not crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll join you in that bucket. Oh, I don't oh. the, playoffs the rare double, double, the double bucket. bucket. Jared, do you want to join in and make it a triple bucket? Why not? I'll do it. Yeah, I, yeah, I also yeah, yeah, don't triple bucket. They're not making the playoffs next year. The, the size of our bucket document is just doubled. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And we're going to round out today's episode with another fun segment. We're going to talk about the best and worst sports logos. That's it. Plain and simple. <laughs> Lucas, you're up first. Should I go best? Should we do all of us do best, all of us do worst? We do each yeah. do best and worst. The first way. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I'm going to go for best. And I think there are a lot of good answers here. I'm not going to disqualify their answers by saying this. But one I really like in doing all my research is the Detroit Red Wings logo mm. in the NHL. I think there's something very simple Which and classic about that. You know, <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> um, I think there's like a good mix of the literal red wing in there, but it mends perfectly with 
you know, the element of Detroit there. You have the car wheel. You know, Detroit is famous for the auto industry. So you sort of, like, blend the two aspects of your team name into one perfect logo. I think it's just aesthetically very pleasing. Um, it's been around for forever, which I think adds, you know, an element of cool to it. The Red Wings haven't been good in years upon years upon years, but I think the logo is awesome. Something that's been around since 1933. Um, that iteration of the logo at least has some saying power. And I don't know. It's hard to aesthetically describe why you like things sometimes, but I do just really like the Red Wings logo. I think it fits well with the team and has a lot of resonance when you look at picking a park. Yeah. Can't disagree. <laughs> yeah. Jared? Okay. So, I mean, this team, they're back. Number one in something. It's Texas. They are at least number one in the best logos in in sports. I think certainly in college and probably in professional sports, too. I think it's great because it's a logo similar to the the Detroit Red Wings, where it's like, it's a shape and not like just letters, where I feel like the letters can kind of lose some of their cool factor, I guess. If, like, you take out the color, it's like, okay, who cares? Where the Texas logo looks really good if it's literally just, like, a transparent logo. It's super iconic. It, like, represents the state itself really well. And, I mean, like, there's all kinds of, like, wildcats out there. There's, like, tigers, you know, uh, falcons. Like, that kind of, like, mascot or team name or whatever is everywhere. But there's not that many, if any, other longhorns out there, you know. And also the fact that it can double as, like, a hand signal, too, I just think is really cool. Um and like I've said before on the show, I really buy into the brand of Texas. I want them to be back. Um, they're at least back at the number one spot for best sports logos. We'll see if their football team can do it. But yeah, don't get your hopes up. Burn orange it too. It's iconic at the number, at, at nonetheless. Oh Texas. yes. Oh yeah. The orange does look great. I give you that. Um, okay. My best is a team that is no longer relevant because they just lost in a seven game. A intense series against the Heat, and that's the Boston Celtics. Ooh, okay. I quite like this logo. I think I've liked it for a while. I wasn't really, I didn't really realize just how much I liked it until I was looking through logos and thought, you know what, this is a good one. I I like how it's the the kind of classic circle with your team's name, but they make it mm-hmm. weird because instead of doing top and bottom, they do left and right. So it's kind of like a mm-hmm. twist. Um, I, I just think it's like it's very aesthetically pleasing. The blend of the white, the brown. And the green, of course. That green, just like you were saying about the orange, Jared. I love that green that the Celtics use. And then yeah. the, the freaking leprechaun. The leprechaun is just so great. I think the leprechaun looks like such a boss. The cigar, <laughs> the, the spinning ball, the wink, the hat. And then, like of course, the fact that it's, it's Boston. So I really like the logos in general where they do something to acknowledge the city, like Lucas was saying with Detroit. And so since Boston is obviously Irish as heck, uh, <laughs> it makes sense for them to have done a, a leprechaun, so I really exactly. appreciate that too. I, and like, it's just one of those logos that's been around for a while, and it's super iconic, which I think gives it a bonus point too. I really like the Celtics logo. Yeah, I like all three that we picked for the best. Okay, Lucas, who's your worst? It is the OKC Thunder. I just think <laughs> I this logo is awful. I think they've had the same logo since they became a team, however long it was, like 15 years almost at this point. The logo says nothing (laughs) about what the team is. It's a basketball, and it says OKC over it, and then there's some colors. 
the, the orange and the blue. You wouldn't even know they were called. You could, you could not guess what they were called unless they didn't write Thunder in, like, size 72 font, like, right above whatever <laughs> the logo is. There are so many. I feel like there's such high potential for a team called Thunder. Mm-hmm. Like, you could do so many good things with that logo, and they just chose the most boring iteration of it. There's a basketball. It says OKC over it, and that's it. So. I saw this one on some lists. I agree. The the third, like, I'm on Google right now. The third suggestion after Oklahoma City Thunder logo is cool. So, yeah, there's no, a lot of... No, it's not cool. There's a lot of people that want to change it up. No, it's like, show me a cool version of the logo. Uh, <laughs> it's like the third, the third most suggested. Uh, <laughs> like, suffix. OKC Thunder, that's a pretty good pick for worst, but there is a logo that is worse than that, and that's Nebraska's logo, the Na- Nebraska Cornhuskers. Nebraska? It's literally just a Times New Roman or, like, Ariel, Calibri, whatever, N. <laughs> it looks terrible, especially it looks really bad. They, like, do a thinner N on their football helmet, and it looks terrible, I think. I've talked, you yeah. probably, if you listen to the pod, long-time listeners of the pod will know. That Nebraska is one of the most frustrating team, my most frustrating team I've ever watched play football in the Scott Frost area. I definitely hope um, it's different in the Matt Rule era. We'll see. But um, this logo is also very frustrating. And I don't like their uniforms either. The uniforms are the same thing, like just super bland. Sorry, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, we did best uniforms at some point, right? But did we talk about worst? Penn State up there. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we, we I don't know if we did worse. But yeah. You just save that for a future segment. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think it was specifically NFL uniforms. If I oh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it was like the did, 10 best did. ever. We also did yeah. MLB because there was the shorts. There was the one with the shorts or whatever <laughs> that people liked for some reason. But I don't remember who. I think it was Wyatt. <laughs> no, those were good. Those were good. No, those were terrible. Those aren't even <laughs> functional. Anyway. Yeah. I'm with you, Jared um okay so yeah i'm i'm in a similar vein here as you jared i'm taking the commanders for my worst and it's also because it's just a single letter and i was thinking about like just all of the all of the sports logos that are just a single letter for the city or team really bother me because they're so simplistic but then like some nfl teams get a pass because they're just super old actually not even just nfl Mm -hmm. teams like the bears right the bears do this the packers um, I also noticed that like the Detroit Tigers and the Pittsburgh Pirates and the MLB are the same thing. They've also been around for like a century. So old teams mm-hmm. get a pass. Sure. But the Commanders just rebranded last year. Uh-huh. This is a brand new logo. We have modern technology. Like We have computers. <laughs> and the best that they were able to come up with was this burgundy and yellow W. <laughs> it's so boring. It's so plain. Like it literally kind of like what Lucas was saying with the Thunder. Like it tells you nothing about what this team is. <laughs> uh-huh. I hate it. It's just like, I mean, yeah. Is it slightly more interesting than the Cornhuskers one? Yes, but also the Cornhuskers one has been around for a while. That's why mm-hmm. yeah. I would say the, the Commanders one is worse just because it's like modern design has, I, I thought it had, you know, elevated past single letter logos, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I feel about the Thunder too. Like it's 15 years old. They had the ability to make a good logo and they simply chose not to. Yeah. For a rebrand, <clears throat> like when they move back yeah. to Seattle, I would love that. <laughs> I would love it too. Yeah, see, like the reason Nike is so cool is because it's like it's a swoosh, you know, it's like it's not an N, it's a swoosh. Mm. Yeah, That's they've transcended. Same as Apple, it's like a, it's a symbol, it's not just it's not an A. Yeah, well, we're a symbol, 
a good podcast. Hopefully you think yeah. that. <laughs> Regardless of whether you do or not, hit us with a with five-star review wherever you're listening. Download wherever you're listening. And as always, you know where to find us on social media. It's at lunchpaleguys underscore on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Thank you, as always, for listening. Um, sorry that we only had three-fifths of the crew here. Next week, we're also going to be limited, but looking forward to seeing you right back here next week anyways. Until next time.